Welcome on board today, a Wednesday. I'm excited for today. A lot of good stuff going on. Got a lot of uh, a lot of good things happening today. By the way, tonight, six to eight, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. We're going to be at the uh, Thirsty Duck in Sussex. So come on out tonight. Looking forward to that. And today, so last week, uh, Ben, Kenny, remember we were going to make an announcement as to maybe doing a watch party? Yes, I do. Unfortunately. Okay, so, and it didn't happen because the Green Bay Packers ended up losing. So today, uh, in conjunction with our friends at Bud Light and the brand new Stillery in Grafton, Wisconsin, uh, we're going to be doing a, kind of a championship preview show because they still wanted us to go there and they still wanted us to come out and do the show. So uh, I had given them a couple of suggestions. So before we leave for Super Bowl, uh, they still want to be associated with football. So we're going to be at the Stillery in Grafton uh, just before the AFC and NFC championship games coming up on Friday, the 27th of January. And I believe we got a hell of a prize to give away. So uh, I'm I'm checking on that, but all of this started to come together today. I've been in meetings since I think about 7:30 this morning. Uh, we got an announcement coming in the next week regarding the motorcycle ride, which I'm really excited about. So we've got that coming up. We uh, obviously have the distillery uh, announcement. Uh, we were putting together, um, we put together a package uh, for Super Bowl. And one of the things that we did was, uh, we, because we've been doing this now, I think, God, Mike Clements has been going to the Super Bowl since before they had it, I think. I think he was, uh, you know, holding Bart Starr's jock when Bart Starr was first in the Super Bowl. Uh, but Mike has been to a ton. I have, this will be, I think, my 14th or 15th Super Bowl, I think, we will be at. Uh, so we've we've gotten uh, a few, I guess, I don't want to say privileges, but, uh, you know, we've gotten to know people there and the people that run it and such, and they treat us really well. So what we did was we did a live auction, and we auctioned off producer for a day. And basically what it is is through donations uh, to Fisher House, Wisconsin, uh, and through donations from some friends of ours out in Arizona, we were able to put together a package where we're flying a couple of people to Arizona, and they're going to meet up with us on Wednesday night when they get there. We'll already be there for almost a week at that point. But they're going to get with there their with us on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday and Friday, they get to basically be the floor producers for the show. So you get a chance to meet all the people that we have in the program, whether it's you know, Joe Montana or Brett Favre or whoever else happens to come by or whatever players or celebrities or whatever. So they get to hang out and they get to go walk because uh, when you're on Radio Row, it's just a who's who on Thursday and Friday anyway. So so it's all accommodations uh, paid for and the airfare is paid for and then they get to be producer for two days and then they fly back. On, they don't go to the game, but they fly back on Saturday uh, with their experience and then they get to watch the game, uh, you know, from their comf comforts of their home on Sunday. So we finalized all of that today. So that, that's been the morning. The morning's been kind of crazy. So sometimes, you know, in the morning I get up and I go work out and and then I'm huffing and puffing and I'm sweaty and I'm nasty and, and you know, I get a shower and that's my day. And then there's other mornings like today you feel really productive. You wake up and you go like, oh, boy, I accomplished a ton. That was really good. Really good day today. So I'm fired up. Ben, we got to get you out to Super Bowl, man. I know you got stuff going on, and Ebo screwed everything up this year. But next year, when we go to Vegas, 
Uh, I think uh, I think you're you're, you're going to be with us next year. Oh, that'll you, you, that'll get dangerous. Got that to look though. forward to. Yeah, they got that to look forward to. I'm sure. You, here's the thing: we could actually do the show since it's in the same time zone as Arizona. We could do the show at the same time. Ebo uh, and Nelson could go with us. They could hang out with us, so they could get all their interviews for their show the afternoon of, and then play them back the next morning, which would be kind of cool. See, they could go with us. They don't realize that. They would just have to get up really early in the morning out there as opposed to back here. They would have to stay on Milwaukee time. Oh, and I would sit in the studio here and press the buttons. No, we'd have to hire somebody. You know, we'd have to bring Connor over from, what is it? Connor's on JJO now, right? Connor's one of our weekend producers. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so we have to bring Connor over for a full week. Full week of those broadcasts, and Connor would have to do that. Become really astute. By then, we'd have to have another a, a hire along the way. But yeah, we've always thrown it out there. We're like, hey, look, you guys can go. I and to go to Vegas. Come on, did you see what uh, what Eva was wearing on New Year's Eve? I did. He was dressed like John Travolta's Norwegian cousin. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're like, come on, this. Yeah, this has got this has got uh, Evo and and the wife written all over it. Going to Vegas and Nelson could be sitting in a sports book and just you know watching things go. So yeah, it would be crazy. It'd be good stuff. We'd have a blast hanging out there in the giant Roomba. Come on, be awesome. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that was this morning. But uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, today, uh, you know, I know Matt Lafleur. The other day, I wanted to let it sink in. And then, obviously, an article comes out, and I'm like, oh, okay, now's the time to talk about it. Because Matt LaFleur, he was not going to announce the world, oh, by the way, I'm firing Joe Barry. That was never going to happen. But the because there's ways to say things without saying things. When he was asked specifically, are you letting go of Joe, Joe Barry? Um, this was his response. Take a listen. The, the next two weeks, and obviously it's time to make evaluations and it's not finger pointing, it's just part of the process. Will, will Joe Barry be your defensive coordinator next year? That's that's what I anticipate, yes. Um, I would say this, that like I said, we're, we're at the initial stages of all the evaluations and quite frankly, I don't, I don't really anticipate a whole lot, if any, staff changes at all. I, I do think there's something to the guys that we have in this building. Um, certainly, I think there's a lot of things that all of us can improve upon, most notably myself. Um, but I, I do believe in the people, not only in the locker room, but but our coaching staff. And, um, you know, like I said, are there a lot of things that we got to improve upon? Absolutely. No doubt about it. But I, I would, it's my intention to try to, have everybody back and I think continuity continuity is a big part of having success in this league and there you go it goes on from there but basically the anticipation of bringing Joe Barry back uh is there okay now what he could have said when he was asked about it said everybody's up for evaluation we haven't even gotten that far yet we're still talking to the players um if and when there are changes I will let you know uh, but as of right now, we haven't even done that. I mean, that's the easiest way to say it. That, that That's the easiest way to say, I haven't made any decisions. We haven't talked about anything. Uh, I believe in continuity, but I, I, you know, everybody gets evaluated. That's it. But he didn't say that. 
He said, no, I, I expect him to be back, you know. I anticipate him being back, keeping everybody together. I don't anticipate – and somebody asked me, I think it was yesterday, and then it's come up before, but has Matt LaFleur actually fired anybody? I don't think he has. Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze both left to go to uh, Mo Drayton. Mo Drayton, yeah, he fired Mo Drayton. So uh, it's not like he hasn't let anybody go, but Mo Drayton was gone. So yeah, he's done that. Um, so at the end of the season presser, Matt Lafleur said, you know, hey, I'm gonna, you know, most likely endorse the idea of bringing him back. Um, now, interesting uh, on Packers Wire out of USA Today. Um, comes up and it says there is a case to say no, 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 no. Uh, Joe Barry, uh, you can make a case for this defense not, you know, uh, living up to its to its expectation is the best way to put it. Packers rank second in cash spending on defensive players this season. Talent never an issue. Expectations rightfully high. Failures far too often. The goal is always to get better, but the Packers didn't do nearly enough in 2022-2023. So the Packers coach pointed out to a strong end of the season and a desire for continuity as his top reasons for reasons for keeping Joe Barry. And it's hard to endorse the idea. Should a, descent, uh, a decent stretch, including games against two terrible offenses, the Bears, which were 23rd, and the Rams, which were 27th, uh, one half against a concussed Tua, Tua, you know, Tua who was throwing picks, you know, as if he was, you know, Oprah giving away cars. Uh, and an implosion from Kirk Cousins erase a stretch where the Packers gave up 27 or more points five times during the one in seven midseason funk. The numbers, they say, paint a clear picture. And they say, fittingly, the season ended with the Packers unable to get a stop on either of the final two drives against Detroit, who marched for the go-ahead touchdown and then killed the rest of the fourth quarter following an interception uh, on a fourth and the season play. Jared Goff picked apart a zone coverage, a soft zone coverage again. Hopefully I said that loud enough so maybe Joe Barry just jumped up in Green Bay. So here's here's kind of the 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 areas, all right? Points per game this year. Points per game. The Packers gave up 21.8. Ranked 17th this year, 14th last year. Basically, they stayed the same. Yards per game. 336.5 this year. 328.2 last year. This year, they were ranked 17th. Last year, ranked 9th. They regressed there. Yards per play. They regressed there. Takeaways. They regressed there. Uh, Scoring percentage. They're 23rd in the league. They regressed this year. TDs allowed. Last year they allowed 44. This year they allowed 42. So they improved there by two. Passer rating allowed. They regressed there. Saxed. 39 last year, 34 this year. They regressed this year. Tackles for loss. They actually improved there this year. 68 this year. uh, 52nd last year. 32nd in the league. They were ranked last year. Dead last. This year, they improved to 24th. Yards per attempt, they regress. 
Yards per carry, they regressed. Interceptions, they regressed. They did improve on third down percentage. Last year, they were 42.9. This year, 37.6. But you and I both know that third downs, it was a little bit skewed because there was some second and longs that were getting converted into first downs, which they didn't face a lot of third downs in that sense. Fourth down percentage, they regressed. Uh, Red zone TD percentage, they actually improved, believe it or not. They were 30th last year, 13th this year. Average yards per drive, they regressed. Average points per drive, they did improve by two points, or by uh, half a point, I should say. Penalties, they regressed, and then it goes from there. And the pro football uh, focus grades, they regressed as well. Barry never made it to year three in his previous two stints as a defensive coordinator. He has two years and out in Detroit. Uh, He was two years and out in Washington. Will Barry be around for a third season in Green Bay? Barring a change of heart from LaFleur, it looks likely he's going to be back. Even though they spent more money, more draft capital on the defense to bolster the defense, it regressed in almost, almost every category. Almost every category. And they regressed in scoring. They regressed in passer rating. That's after you got Jair back. Playing that soft zone in a third and season moment is the gutless call of Joe Barry. How in the world do you bring this guy back? I mean, at that point in time, you got to look at everybody and go, you got a man. You got to stop him. Instead, you put him in a zone. Uh, granted, there were two significant injuries. One, well, three, really. I mean, Devondre Campbell was gone for the mid-portion of the season, but Rashawn Gary losing him, that hurt. And losing Stokes, who was not having a great season, but you waited for that to kind of all materialize. And then the misuse of Darnell Savage and whatever his issues were and not putting guys in the right place at the right time. There were some things there going on that it needed some massaging. But you should have known all of this. It wasn't like you got a whole bunch of new guys. Um, There is no case to bring Joe Barry back. But Matt LaFleur is going to. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. There, there you go. That's it. That's it. I mean, that, that it's a hell of an article. Uh, I can repost it over on the, the Facebook fan page, and I'll retweet it as well. But there it is. And yet, that's the guy they want to run back again. Uh, This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water. Sloppy Joe's starting next Monday. Going to be open. Opening up on Mondays now. Half off wing night coming on Mondays. Trivia on Mondays. Sloppy Joe's in Hubertus on Hubertus. It is a true old style Wisconsin bar and pub restaurant. Just a great place. Great people. But they are now going to be open on Monday nights. So stop in for half-off wing night and trivia and such. Great place, great times. That's our friends at Sloppy Joe's. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show, hour number three, rolling along today. Boy, today is flying by. I don't know about you, but it's flying by. Flying by. Just is. Uh, going back to Chris uh, from Brookfield, who was on the line with us before we went to the top of the hour. And I, I apologize for cutting him short, but we were near the top of the hour break. Uh, and he was talking about how Rodgers and LaFleur basically reverted back to the Rodgers, you know, offense and, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then blaming Murphy, um, a lot of layers to that. I, I don't know. I, you know, I know in many people's eyes, perception becomes reality. I don't know what really happened behind closed doors. So I don't want to. I don't want to say this is what it is. I do know the offense changed. It looks different. It looks. I hate to use the word predictable, but there was many times this year that I could say this is what they're going to do, and sure enough. Second and short, third and short, you know. They're going to run a crossing pattern. They're going to run a couple of guys underneath. They're going to sit in shotgun, fake handoff, and then they're going to go deep. And that's what they did quite often. You know, in the old days, you could do that, so to speak, because you had that, you, you had, you know, as Greg Jennings and James Jones and Jordy Nelson have all explained, that you you always had a matchup that was going to win. And that's what Rogers liked. He liked to have that matchup capability to say, you know, um, I know James can beat that guy on the outside. I know Greg can outleap that guy over there. I know Devontae's got that guy beat. He can do an inside out move and off he goes. He, you knew that. I don't, you can't run that offense now because you don't know if Christian has the capability to get away from that guy, or if Romeo across the middle is going to be able to do that. The only guy that you could rely on consistently would have been Randall Cobb. And he doesn't have the speed, nor the height, nor the leaping ability to just be the mismatch consistently. You know what I mean? So that's why that offense doesn't seem to work as much as it used to. And... I know it's about matchups, but this is this is not Jordy and James and Greg and Donald and Jermichael and Devontae, and you go through the list of guys that he's had to, to to play with. It's not the same group, you know. I'm not I'm not telling you know Aaron Rodgers or Matt Lafleur anything different than they don't know already, but that's the reason it just it didn't it didn't work right, didn't look right, and it it, it shouldn't be that way. And it was like, are you going to use A.J. Dillon in those situations? Are you going to go a jumbo package? Are you, are you not? Why are you running wide? Which also told me he doesn't have a lot of faith in his offensive line. The inconsistencies in the offensive line, for as much as they got going in the middle of the season, they, and running the football became prevalent for this team to have success. But to me, if if you're not running behind your offensive line, you don't have faith in your offensive line, quite frankly. So that became somewhat evident. And if I'm an offensive lineman, I'm looking at it as somewhat of a slight, saying, wait a minute, we're, we're second and two. We just need a first down. We get another set of downs. Let's, let's you know, hey, run right here, man. Bring it, bring it. Let's do this. And they didn't have faith enough to do that. Not consistently, they didn't. So I, I think there was a lot of 
play calling inequities this year. And that falls on Matt LaFleur's head, regardless if it's Aaron or if it's Matt. Matt's the head coach. So as much as we we can sit here, we can talk about Joe Barry and, and the defense, and we can talk about the inability to figure out that, you know, Amari Rogers wasn't the guy, and why is Keyshawn Nixon sitting there for almost the entire season? And then, oh, by the way, once you finally have, a, have, have had it with a guy that can't, can't return, can't can't hang on to the football over and over and over and over and over again. I think it was like six fumbles. Amari Rogers, before they finally went, you know what? Maybe we'll make a change. That falls on your head as well. That's embarrassing to be a head coach and not realize that, to have these kind of problems persist for a year and a half. That's embarrassing. And then to finally make the change and go, well, we're going to try this and go, holy crap, this guy's pretty good, and then sit up there and smile and go, yeah, nobody knew. What do you mean nobody knew? That, isn't that what your job is? That's embarrassing. I appreciate the admission because it's an honest moment, but, you know, all, all three phases had issues. Special teams were better. Mason Crosby was, you know, 49 and in. Mason Crosby was money, man. He was money. Your coverage, special teams, better, much better. Your punter, better. The system, better. Everything was better. You had one or two gaffes. You had the punt blocked and such. But for the most part, special teams, boy, if I'm going to go from the D minus they had last year, I'm probably going to go with a solid B to B plus this year. A lot about it was better, but not. But, but the Amari Rogers thing, mind boggling. So there's a lot there to kind of nosh on. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um. I was asked, and I want to go back to this. It said, okay, so all of that being said, what would you do? If I were the head coach, I've told you what I would do. Um, I think if I'm Brian Gutekinst and I'm Matt LaFleur, uh, Mark Murphy to a certain extent, but I'm – like what I would do if your exit interviews are yesterday and today um, I'm sitting down and I'm, you know, Aaron is a different breed. We all know that. Like I said, I go away. God, you know, Hey, look, I know it wasn't the season you wanted. It certainly isn't the way you wanted to go out if this is it. So why don't you go away? You figure out what you want to do. Stay in touch. If you need anything, I'm here. I'd love to talk to you. You know, I'd love to pick your brain, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we're coming out. We're coming out. In the next week, we're going to set a date, about the next three, four weeks, and we're coming out. We're going to sit down and talk. You know? that's that. It starts with the quarterback because you got to figure out what you're doing. Uh, to me, I'm firing Joe Barry. I'm going on the hunt now for a defensive coordinator who is innovative, aggressive. I'm not saying crazy stupid, but I, I want – my guy's in the best position to be successful. And playing a soft zone and dying death by a thousand cuts is not cutting it for me. I'm firing Joe Barry today. I am going to have a real contemplation of the brain trust. Uh, offensively speaking, is Stenovich the guy? Do I bring back Nathaniel Hackett? 
I I talked to Tom Clements. Everybody, I, I'm I'm bringing them all in, and I, I'm gonna. You have to if. if my perception, if my perception is true, you got to wrap your arms back around the organization and say, no, 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 no. If I'm going down, I'm going down my way and I'm going down swinging. This passivity, it ain't cutting it anymore. That's it. And that's what I'm doing. And then I'm, that's going to set the tone going into the offseason, which will then set the tone going into the regular season going into the OTAs, going into the mini camps. And I'm emphatic with things. I'm emphatic with discipline. And I'm not, you know, I know many of you say, well, you know, you should cut these guys. And you're not going to cut first-round draft choices and second-round draft choices. You're not going to. What you're going to do is say, if it happens again, we will suspend you for two weeks without pay. You cannot commit these dumb penalties and do things to unpadded people. And by that, I mean, you can't push trainers. You can't push coaches. You can't do It's not you can't. You will never do it again. And if you do, you I don't care how good you are, you will find yourself so buried on the bench, nobody will give you another contract. You can play your contract out here in Green Bay. You'll be inactive. I don't want you. You're going to sit on the bench. Period. And you can bitch and whine and moan about it all you want. We own you. This is where the, oh, by the way, you are our guy. You're our property. But that's it. But those guys, like LaFleur said, they're not bad guys. They're not bad people. Even Mike Clemens and I talked about it on the way home. They're not bad people. But you cannot do that in heated moments. You have got to learn to keep your head. Period. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Yeah, I know, you'd have to go to the NFLPA and talk about it, but my my idea of a suspension would be, yeah, you get paid. Okay, great. You're going to be inactive. We're, gonna, we're not even going to make you active. There you go. Come to practice, do your thing, and the minute you don't come to practice, you bitch, whine, and moan about it, then it's a suspendable offense without pay. Otherwise, you just sit there, you get paid, you sit at the end of the bench, you do nothing. Because you have to wrap your arms back around the organization. And sometimes you have to have a shocking moment to have everybody wake up and take take notice. Uh, Jeff says, uh, I like the idea. I just don't know if LaFleur has the balls to do it. Well, that's, again, that's where you say that if you don't and things end up the same, you're out of a job. If you don't, look, if, if if he doesn't do it and things are successful next year and things turn around and everything really begins, you know, the, the young guys begin to really come on, uh, you get everybody back healthy, whatever moves they make in the offseason turn out to be positive, then so be it. Then your way works, and what we're looking at, what we've witnessed, uh, we're wrong about, I'm wrong about, I'll admit that, I don't have a problem with it. I've been wrong before, I'll be wrong again. I, okay, so what? But I know one thing, if it goes the exact same and it's the same milk toast manner and it's the same porous defense and it's the same soft zone coverage and it's the same poor play calling in crucial moments, <laughs> you're out of a job, dude, period, right? I'd be happy to eat my words, happy to. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do it again. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Mike listening to us in Rockford. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's up? 
Hey, Bill. Hey, listen, um, I, wanna, I was reading some stuff on the Internet. Uh, some people were talking about the Packers, and there's something a guy brought up, uh, which makes a lot of sense, and I had thought about it during the year. We could probably say this is Rodgers' worst year as a Green Bay Packer quarterback, and I do not believe for one minute that it's it's his age, it's a decline, his health, or anything like that. But I do think how much of this do you attribute to his thumb injury? Because that thing, uh, I want to talk about this because I think it's huge. It's it's huge for a, a, a couple of points here, and I'm going to make them real quick, and then I'm going to hang up and listen. The first thing is, if it is his thumb injury, okay, he's got all offseason to heal it, and we hope he comes back like he did the year before in 2021 or 2020, and he plays with – because his throws were off, uh, although he made some really deep throws, which doesn't make sense if, if his, you know, thumb was really hurt that bad. Uh, you could start to speculate and go around the carousel, think about how, how this happens, if it's this, if it's that. But uh, what, what's your feeling on this? Because here's the thing, if, if he's on a decline – Right now, the Packers would be smart to trade him right now, get the picks you could get for him, and go with Jordan Love. Uh, get two first rounds and a third or two first and a second. Because if he continues to digress next year into the second year of his contract, then you're going to have a hard time unloading him. And if he plays out his contract, you're going to pay out $100 million. You're going to pay him $50 million, and And if he plays a second year, you know Love's not going to stick around. He's gone. So then you got to draft a quarterback. And if you're playing football purgatory and you're somewhere in the 15th, 16th round pick in the middle of the pack, then uh, then you're 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 going to you're not going to get the quarterback you need. So I don't know. This this is a real could be a real screwed up situation. But if it is a thumb, uh, you know I I hope that's what it is and he bounces back. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for. All right, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Um, I. <sighs> I don't know after this season what Aaron Rodgers' value is. When you say two firsts and a second or two firsts and a third or whatever, I, I don't even know if that's the value right now. You know? Um, so that that's my first thought when you were kind of going through that. My second thought is that as much as you want to talk about the thumb, and I'm sure the thumb had some issues this season, it didn't prevent him from flicking the ball off of the back foot to Aaron Jones and dropping it in the bucket. It didn't prevent him from hitting Robert Tanyan on a crossing pattern in the end zone for a touchdown. It didn't prevent him from throwing that deep pass to Christian Watson. And it doesn't prevent him from forcing the ball to other receivers instead of going to the guys that are wide open. So I don't know what impact the thumb had on him this season. You know, I, I don't know. That's a great question. But I don't, after this season, going into the age of 40, do you think he's worth two firsts and a third? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, he's been counted out before, and he's bounced back in a huge way. I, I, I don't put anything past Aaron Rodgers. He's got that competitive spirit, and that's always going to be there. But I don't know if that's that would be what I would look at and go, oh, yeah, that's, that's what his value is. Russell um, Wilson probably hurt him in that regard. Yeah. And Matt um, Ryan, frankly. All those trades. Get, what did they get uh, for Russell Wilson again? A first and a second and all the players? I'll go yeah. check. 
Yeah, it was a bunch of it was a, a couple of few really good players in a first and a second. So you're not going to get two firsts for Aaron Rodgers. You may get a first and a guy or two, but I don't think you're going to get two firsts. Two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth. And the three players, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and oh my a defensive God. lineman. Which makes that whole trade even more stupid. Two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth, <laughs> and players. And then you got to pay him. Yeah. Denver fell on their head when they made that deal. And Seattle, if you're Seattle and you're sitting on the phone and you're saying, well, let me see here, and they start saying it, aren't you hitting mute and laughing your ass off? Going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you go, and then you turn your, turn your mute off for a second. You're like, well, we're going to think about it. And then they go, wait a minute, we'll throw in this player, and you hit your mute again. You're cracking up. You're like, oh, my God. And then they go, uh Okay, let's write it up. Well, we'll uh, that's enough. Well, let's make that deal. And you write that thing as fast as you possibly can. As fast as you can, knowing what you know about Russell Wilson. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan was what a third? If I'm not mistaken? I think a second more. or a third. Did, was it more a second or a third for Matt Ryan? I do know that the Falcons ate more dead cap money with yes. Ryan than the Packers would in theory if Rodgers yes. is traded. So, yeah, it was, yeah, boy. Yeah, third. Uh, You're right. Uh, a third? Okay. I, I thought it was a second at first, and Pac-Fan said it was a third, so it was a, it was a third. Okay. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Hey, our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, you have the ability to go interest-free until 2029? What? What? Oh, what? But you got to call. You got to call. Go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com or call them 855-PellaWI and uh, get this thing scheduled on the books, on the docket for the free in-home consultation and get the ball rolling right now before the end of the month because this is a deal unlike no other. This is probably one of their biggest deals ever. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Whether you want new doors, new windows, entryways, hardware you can pick, exterior, interior, beautification, value of your home, all that kind of good stuff, but now no interest till 2029? Are you kidding me? Huge news. Go to 855-PELLA-WI, 855-PELLA-WI, and get that deal on the books now. 855-PELLA-WI. And even if you don't end up doing it, so what? That's fine, but get it on the books now. 855-PELLA-WI because you don't want to miss out. Or go to PELLAWI.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.